Hey, thank you for joining us today. This is Rebecca Tapia, your podcast host. If you're finding any value of this podcast, please do share it and leave a review. And also, nothing discussed here is formal medical, legal, or financial advice. And this is not a patient-doctor relationship. It is really just a couple of people sitting around, or maybe just myself, discussing difficult topics related to aging parents. Enjoy. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this bonus episode of Real Conversations About Aging Parents. I know we usually publish on Wednesdays, but today is my brother's birthday. And a couple of months ago, he was gracious enough to let me interview him about living with our dad. And just for context, this is a continuation of the conversation that you might have heard that I published for Father's Day. So while we're talking, my dad is actually sitting next to us and nodding and commenting. <laughs> you may not be able to hear all of it, but um, just for, for context, this was actually a family conversation. I, I want to thank Josh for being uh, willing to talk on this topic and wish him an extremely happy birthday. Thank you so much. Enjoy. So how does that look for you? How do you think about that? Like, how do you think about how we as siblings divide oh. the roles of supporting our crazy parents? It's an odd, odd thing to think about at 48 years old. It just seems like a foreign concept, but I only have one daughter. If I had a son, I, I think I'd want my daughter to do it. Why is that? And I, there's no right answer. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I wouldn't want my son to see me like that ah. you know Brianna like she's seen me at my worst when I went through the divorce and I had some bad days there but she was just empathetic and I didn't have the same issues that I think I would have in front of my son all right like even in front of my male dogs I don't do that stuff I don't cry because they're a male dog you know what I mean I'm just joking but so that I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, I, so do you like, think I that might be like because dad's in a hospital gown, right? Yeah, I don't want to see him like that. <laughs> like I, I don't want to see him sick. So if I so when you take dad to the hospital and I kind of like rumble in right with bags of stuff and you're like, okay, I'm I'm done. <laughs> like what's going through your head? Mm. You're like I'm glad I was here to facilitate. Yeah, I'm glad this I was part. there, but I don't like to see him getting older. Okay. That's a hard like I'm watching him age before my eyes You've said over that the last few years. Many times, tell me tell me what that means. That's just physically I'm watching him, kind of. You know, he's getting older. He has more hair than you. I know. So I still need to get a DNA test one day, but um, yeah, you did. I don't know. It's just hard to see. It's not hard to see your dad age. But it is it is difficult to see that he can't do the stuff that he wants to do. Like he doesn't ride horses anymore. I know he wants to, but I know that if he throws his leg over one, his back's gonna probably go out, no matter how good he feels. And then we're gonna have two or three weeks of here limping around like he can't hardly do anything. And it's hard to watch that watch him go through that, but you know. So I, I try to support it in other ways by making sure the place is taken care of and Yeah. He can still sort of see life or see all that stuff that I know he probably wanted to do with his life, like we all did, <laughs> like doing all the horse stuff that we do out here, all the cattle that are out here now, and 
But for me, I, I wouldn't want Brianna to see me like that. I mean, a, a son to see me like that. Brianna, I, I keep telling her, uh, make sure you have a room for me one day. Really, you do? Yeah, I always tell her that. Are you serious or are yeah. you joking? I, I, I guess I'm halfway serious. Tell me know? about that. Why do you think that? My chosen profession isn't in conducive to retirement. Right. Right? So it's I do this as long as I physically can, and at that point, I don't know what I'm going to really have to live on after that. And so I always tell her, uh, similar to I said, you see how Nana is with Becky, right? Yeah, that's, that's my expectation <laughs> of you. And uh, I say it joking, but I also say it knowing that Brianna's probably going to be there for me one day if I really needed her. Because she's always said that. And tell, tell everybody, how old is Brianna? She's 21. No, she's 22. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is past March 14th. Yeah, she's 22. So what does she say when you say that? Do you, I mean, I, I can't imagine... She, she doesn't like concept. to talk about it. She because that means you'd be older and need she help. Doesn't, she never, ever wants to hear me talking about what, what's going to happen when I die one day and all that kind of stuff. She's you not do, But ready. you're open about that. Yeah. She's not ready to talk about it at all. She's what an happens old, when she's you an talk only to her child. about it? She gets very, set, very quiet. Like, she tears up. She doesn't want to talk about it. Oh. So that's a, a hard thing to bring up with her right now. Because she's just starting her life. Sure, yeah. You know? And um, hopefully starting a family one day. Not too soon, not too late. But, you know, so she's not in that mindset right now to have a conversation like you have with Dad. Right. Right? Um, so I, I try to um, manage that or I try to still be her dad by not bringing it up right now. Sure, sure. Knowing that it's going to be there one day. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully she'll be in a better mind space to talk about it then. But um, hopefully she didn't have to worry about it at all. You know, and it's something that happens one day and it'll be rough like it is for everybody. But um, can, can you think of any friends or colleagues or anybody that you're aware of that has had issues with aging parents or had to change their life or career or things to, to help with them? My dad had a spouse that got very, very sick, and I always kind of align that to kids that have parents that get very old or very sick. I was in the military when the worst of it was happening, uh, but I heard the stories, and it was awful. And, uh, you know, he stopped construction and became a nurse and... I mean, there's just so much. And uh, so in my own lifetime, you know, my ex-wife had a, a mother who's aging and sick. And she lives here now, right? She lives here now, so she relocated her yeah. here. She has the means to do that and put her up in a place. And it's probably going to move her to Florida with her when she moves to Florida. Um, so, Do you think that there's, like, like <clears throat> cultural variations and what's expected no. Like, did you feel like having married into a, a very different culture that no. you had any say in whether or not you were going to help take care of your mother-in-law at that no. time? I think it's just all about how you're raised, in my right. opinion, more than anything else. Like, the culture thing is just more of a, it's more like a general rule of, I think a general rule of past experiences from the vast majority of human beings. Right. So the vast majority of human beings believe that Hispanic families, for example, are just more family-focused. Um, my experience, my family, which is mostly Caucasian that I know of, 
pretty family focused. That you know. Right? Well, I married a Puerto Rican, you know, the whole things, but my daughter's whatever. But uh, yeah, I think I just think it's just a, a matter of how you were raised more than anything else. Culturally, it's it's more of a cop out, maybe. To just kind of say it like that. Like, my family has expectations that, like, we all take care of our yeah. aging parents or something. Like it happens in every race, color, creed, nationality. I mean, people, I mean, if, gosh, now that you say that, it, it flashes me back to Saudi Arabia um, when I was there for those nine months and got to know some of those families over there. And they live generationally inside their big walls. Like, they build homes for each successive family that they marry in, but they're all right there. Yeah. And nobody, everybody takes care of everybody in that place, right? And that was pretty neat. That was that was different. Yeah. <laughs> that does not happen here. You know, we all kind of shoot out. We all stay together. We all tethered to some stake in the ground. And this place right here is probably that stake in the ground for most of our family. Right. You can go as far as you want, but eventually that line snaps. And you either stop or you cut the line and then you go on with your life. But pretty much everybody comes back out, stays in contact and that kind of stuff, which is good. Um, but that, that fam- those families over there, that was unique. So culturally, I'd have to kind of amend that to think that there probably are some that are have more of an like expectation. Strong traditions. Of- traditions and expectations drive more of what families do. Uh, we're here in our, our experiences. It's primarily just about how you were raised more than anything else, so... We got a little bit of both, you know, with Papa being kind of how he was versus Granddad. I mean, the right. two completely different grandfathers. Yeah. Even Grandpa Ray, you know, we had I had, he had one grandfather growing up. I didn't know that. Um, I may have known that, but I had three growing right. up, and all three were completely different people, human beings. And uh, you, you know, you knew who you were kind of drawn to and who you weren't. So. Can you think of anything else about living with an aging parent? Because you actually are living with an aging parent. Yeah. Um, if I come in here and I see he's asleep, I usually just watch and make sure he's breathing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing. Like there's seriously. a seriously. Sometimes I walk in around noon or say, "Hey, cow died" or something. Whatever I'm going to tell him, and I walk in there and and uh, he's not in the office because he's either in the office or he's in here. That's all he ever does anymore. And. Uh, um, if he's not in the office, I look in the bedroom and then he's usually laying down and I just, I'll just kind of stare for a second and just make sure I just see him breathing and I'll say, all right, and I'll just kind of walk away. Did you uh, know this? But okay. I, I, I know it's probably going to happen similar to what you're going to go through with Nana one morning or one evening. It's just going to happen and I'm pretty sure it's going to happen out here. Um, sounds like that's what he wants. That's what not, that's why I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, it's going to hurt. It's going to be tough to see it, but I'm also going to be happy. Like his dad died on a bulldozer, which I don't know if he necessarily wanted to die on a bulldozer, yes, but he, he died did. doing what he yeah. loved doing. He said that many times. You know? And then I'm going to probably follow in his footsteps. I don't really, I don't want to end up having to go someplace else, yeah. So something that I've always admired about you is you are very comfortable talking about taboo topics. And you've even done some sort of study on your own of maybe stoicism or Zen or things of like thinking of life as as being very finite already or, and I think you even told me once, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've done some mental exercises of people that you care about dying and then 
like going through that in your head and then realizing they're still alive and like tell me about that what does that do for you or how does that look uh it's progressed over the years um i certainly wasn't like that at 20 years old um but seeing like mass graves seeing the death like Slodan Milosevic and Croatia especially um seeing that that the kind of devastation that can happen, what human beings are able to inflict on each other. Um, when you whittle it down uh, to just the moment and the people that are in your life, then it's, it's a lot easier to um, start to think about those things uh, compared to what the vast majority of humans who have ever lived have to go through. Right. right? We're, United States, we're what? I mean, when you think of every human being that ever lived from the beginning of time, what they've all, what the vast majority of people have had to deal with is, I mean, we're living very nice, very nice lives, you know, and, and I'm very aware of that. And if you have that perspective of seeing the rest of the world, which most Americans don't, right. um, you can kind of have, you can ha be more comfortable in that sort of situation of talking about it and, and just accepting that, hey, it's, it is what it is and it's going to happen. Anything else you can think of that you think would be important? The general topic of aging parents. Yeah. Um, just be patient. I get I get frustrated sometimes uh, when I feel like he's getting too old too fast. Hey, no, I don't <laughs> Who think are any. Who you frustrated with? Him. You know, I wish he was younger. You know, I wish he could do more things. But um, I try to encourage him to be active. Like he's really good at still excellent at fixing things. Like mechanically, just figuring out whatever's going on with a tractor, whatever, you know. So I always, even if I think I can might be able to figure something out, I'll just leave it out there for a while and just keep saying, "Hey, if you want to help, go fix that this weekend," you know, and just get him get him to do something. Yeah. Um, but that's what. I, but it's just like that sort of soft encouragement of not trying to push him to do too much anymore, um, but keep him as active as he can be. So he said that you're basically living out a dream that he had to build a horse ranch here. Do, are you doing this in parallel or are you putting that on your shoulders? Do you even think about that? Like, do you feel like this is separate? Like, oh, I happened to build the one thing you were dreaming about for no. decades. It helps dealing with the guilt of feeling like I'm, um, I'm not, like financially I couldn't do it on my own. My dad's 70 years old and he's still working. So there's always the guilt of feeling like, oh my God, is, he's, is he only working so we can keep trying to do this thing out here? I don't think so. Because I, for the most part, I do everything on all that stuff on my own. But, uh, but you don't like wake up every day saying, I've got to live this dream for dad. And, no. Okay. No. Okay. No, I mean, I, I grew up wanting to be John Wayne and Rambo. I spent well, six years being Rambo, and now I'm getting to be John Wayne. So and I just remember, I talked to him one day, and it wasn't like I was asking his permission or anything, but I said, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go look for another job. I think I'm just going to start, I'll take anybody who wants to learn horseman, you know, that kind of thing. And then we just right. kind of started off with that, and, it, and you know, I'm two years into it and almost and still kicking. So um, I know he enjoys it, and I know he puts a lot into this. Okay, like every once in a while, I come out there. Just recently, he bought a whole bunch of new 150-gallon water water buckets. 
Um, and those are they're expensive. They're great to have, but you know, 140 bucks a pop, you know, and you want a bunch of like eight or nine, I don't know, six, seven, eight of them, something like that. Put them in all the horse stalls out there. And he does stuff like that every once in a while. And I know he's doing it for the thing, but he's also doing it because it just means something to him. He likes to just go out there and just see the horses sticking their heads out of the stalls when you walk down the aisle. It's a neat feeling. Yeah. You know, just uh, just don't take it for granted and just be thankful that you have the opportunity to do it and uh, have your dad participate in it. Um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Just don't get too high and don't get too low. Just try to stay even keel as best you can. <laughs> Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing that. Is this a podcast you're going to do? I don't know yet. I got to go feed here. Okay. Hey, everyone. It's Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you really enjoyed the podcast. I am here to let you know I can be found on RebeccaTapiaMD.com. You can come over there to learn about my new course launching this summer, dealing with mindset for aging parents, getting prepared, all the good stuff, sharing my opinions and life lessons. Uh, also could just join my email list so I can share more about my thoughts about these podcasts and more insights there. Thank you so much for being here.